0: What's going on folks and thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun podcast. I'm Jordan your hosting guide for this waterfowl season and I am here with Hunter the King of the Cans and we are re re we are re recording a podcast episode. I probably said that way too many times in the podcast episode. We just got off with Nathan the Patreon hunt giveaway winner. Um, we we are through 2 days of goose hunting here. In Indiana, we're having a great time. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to get into um, the main meat of the podcast. But I do have one special and unique update. I've never been asked this before before,
1: before, before, <laughs> before, <laughs> <Re-re-re-re-re-re>. before, before.
0: <laughs> I'm just doubling up my words tonight. But, um, my uncle started uh, a new job, and he's got a buddy there, so I'm, I have to read through his. His message here, finally the guy's name. His name is Darren Atkinson. Is that right? At, at Atkinson. So anyways, um, my uncle requested. I give you a shout out. Um, we missed your birthday, but happy birthday. Um, you did not believe my uncle when he said that he was related to uh, to me. So, um, yeah, now you, now you know the truth. Uh, my uncle, I, you know, I don't think any of my other uncles are going to say this, but he was definitely my favorite uncle growing up. Um, young, cool. <laughs> and, uh, and he hunted with me and my grandpa every once in a while too. So, um, and he was really good at golf. So, <laughs> and ping pong. Let's think your uncle's good at everything when you're growing up, I think. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, sure.
1: Yeah. I guess I agree with you, did that
0: a Do you have any good relationship with, un- with uncles growing up?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I was really good relationship yeah. with some of my uncles. Nice, yeah. What's f- What's funny, a little backstory. I've got a really good relationship with one uncle that's like the oldest brother. My dad's the youngest brother of six, and so they don't get along. But <laughs> us as cousins get along really well and hang out together all the time, even though they, as children, did not get along all that well.
0: Right, right. I, f- I feel like siblings probably butt heads more, especially when they're young. You can get over it when you get older. Um, but um, then cousins, because you don't see each other all the time. So it's like your fun relative that you haven't seen you know very often so you're not gonna you're not gonna butt heads the same way so Mm -hmm. anyways i did want to give that shout out um to my uncle as well uncle john so um yeah but do we have any other updates before we jump into the
1: the main meat of the podcast here hunter uh the only other update i really have is that you've ruined my life with goose pastrami
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot to ask Nathan, but I'll ask you then. So, like, two things we cooked, which, man, I love. One thing I do love doing is cooking and, like, showing people that waterfowl is good meat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, if if it doesn't taste good, you're just a bad cook, which is fine. Like, it's fine to admit that you're a bad cook or that you just haven't put in the effort. Because that really, like, people aren't bad cooks. They're just not putting effort in, right, when it comes down to it. I don't think there's bad cooks. There's just people that don't put effort into making food good.
1: So I mean, or you could just be okay with merg and cheese.
0: Right. <laughs> merg and cheese. <laughs> the the thing they've always said like the, the the good old adage is you can't trust a skinny chef, right?
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> I guess. I guess.
0: <laughs> and we got Hunter over here as skinny as a bean pool. <laughs> I won't say you're that skinny, but um, I don't want to, you know, I'm not uh I'm not skinny shaming you. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you had something I cooked? Let's put this down.
0: I'm, I don't know. Have we? I'm trying to think. We um, we had food at your house.
1: Yeah, but, but I don't uh, think I ever cooked it.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. So, um, but you know, first I showed you, which is like mind blowing, because it's like one of the first things I feel like I learned uh, how to make duck decent is like just shredding duck, and you're like, I shredded. Two hundred ducks this year, whatever. After like, we I came really and did. shredded. We shredded some ducks from. I think we brought them from North Dakota and shredded them up, and we put them in like what I can't remember. We put them in macaroni and barbecue sauce, which again we listened to to Zach on that one, which is a weird one, but it was it was pretty good.
1: It was all right. I'll say yeah. it's pretty good,
0: but yeah. it's just it's like he has the taste buds of a of a elementary kid right yeah of like a nine-year-old boy yeah right so it's like macaroni and then you add the barbecue sauce it's like <laughs> so anyway but it it did turn out pretty good <laughs>
1: sorry young, then, padawan.
0: <laughs> young padawan but so then you shredded duck the rest of the year
1: yeah pretty um, much all year i shredded it yeah I mean, it was it's so convenient, like for my life, where I could just take the duck breasts, throw them in a crock pot, forget about them for eight hours, shred them, and then they're good in the fridge, you know, for a day or two, three days, until I uh, make them into whatever I wanted to, whether it be tacos or throw them in with like make them sa- like pulled pork sandwiches, or right, maybe right. duck, and like I can make a bunch of stuff with it. And then with like how often I hunt, by the time I ran out, I made I made another batch. You know, I had enough to justify another batch, and then. We were I was eating duck again, so I had a lot of duck during the season this year. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Duck, duck is definitely solid. You know, another one you kind of missed in, in kind of the, the
1: recipes you're
0: spewing off there is um, I made this in North Dakota as well. But when you shred up the duck, another good option is doing like shredded duck fajitas, which normally when I think of fajitas, I think of, you know, thinly sliced steak or chicken. Um And I've done that with duck too. you smoke it up and you and you cut it in strips for fajitas. but the shredded duck with your sauteed onions and peppers did that in North Dakota and it was i mean we're talking top of the line it was really good so now jumping back to the pastrami, I made pastrami for your for you guys um and I made um goose steaks hmm
1: so and you guys both rated those. Like really good. Like, what, what what was your favorite between the two? Oh, well, probably the pastrami. I think I like the the snack factor of pastrami. Maybe that's a weird way to put it, but something about like, you know, there's something about having like the like summer sausage, like the deer summer sausage we always had as kids growing up, and like that was a snack. You you had a, if you're a little bit hungry, you'd hock off a piece of it and grab some crackers and go have a snack. And I like that about the pastrami. Right, I would say it's better.
0: Uh, goose pastrami is better than. Deer summer sausage. I'm going to get some hate for that one, um, potentially from some people. But I think it was actually better. Goose pastrami is better than deer summer sausage. There's your uh, your hot take right there. Um, yeah, I mean it. It's so good. I've actually made um, just from that weekend. I made. I made. I think all of it. So I've made like all of the goose I had left after that. I think I made like 16 more breast. Um, cured that into um goose pastrami because it's just such a good way to do it but those goose steaks were good as well Mm -hmm. you smoke them smoke them cook them hot and fast um and uh like really they're not that different of a flavor than like a steak
1: yeah because like you uh soaked them in olive oil and worcestershire sauce and along with some other seasonings that was like the main thing and like i was surprised for lack of a better way to put it when we ate it how beefy it tasted like, I mean, it definitely has its own texture, definitely has its a little bit on own taste, but it, it was more beefy than I thought the steak was going to be. Right. Honestly, it's uh, another one that shocks me that you
0: hadn't tried that yet. So <laughs> for me, I, they're just staples. They're staples of like,
1: how did you cook your waterfowl, you know, before you met me, man? Ground it. I ground a lot of it up. Mm. And then okay. we put make ground stuff out of it. Or, like, a lot of it, I'd make jerky, which I know a lot of people are, like, kind of fupa about making jerky out of waterfowl. And they're right. like, uh, there's better things to do with it. But, like, you know. It's a
0: fine way to do it. It's, it's yeah. a fun, it's like you said, it's a fun snack to have. Um, And there's nothing wrong with making jerky out of it. The The best thing you make with ground meat, I feel like, is chili. Duck oh, chili yeah. is pretty, pretty solid.
1: And, and, again, that stuff was all, like, stuff where I could make it, And then keep it for a while and like snack on it, you know, because like I work second shift and then during duck season is when I, the way the laws work, I have to consume a lot of duck during duck season to be able to keep hunting, which I'm not opposed to. It's just that like, because of that, I have to, I had to find ways to eat it and like I can make a bunch of it at once and then eat and then make a bunch of it at once and then eat it. And that's like where the the chili was always nice and stuff like that. So. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely.
0: I will say a pro tip: if you do, if you do the pastrami, I will, you know, I have to give a plug for both, I guess. But pastrami, if you do it, it's the meat eater episode. Uh, they they have uh, in their cookbook. There's videos online. Josh from Outdoor Limits makes a video making that as well. Um, and then the goose steaks, um, Matt Hyper Sportsman uh, makes a good video on on how to make uh, the goose steaks as well. So if you are looking for good recipes then they're, they're they're out there. You just got to look and put some effort into it. And, um, you know, variety is the spice of life. So if you want to ground some up, go for it. If you want to make some of jerky, go for it. If you want to shred some up, go for it. If you want to make pastrami, if you want to make goose steaks, there's just so many different ways to do it. And the longer and the more effort that I put into it over the years, the more I kind of celebrate wild game opposed to being like man i have to eat this like i I killed it and like i think that's just being a bad cook and unexperienced like once you get further down the road as long as you're willing to put the effort in you can make really good tasting wild game and and like i've just grown to enjoy that a lot so and and there's just so many people that i i think are missing out by not trying to make it good
1: yeah i'd agree with that and like Honestly, uh, I know a lot of people we can poke fun about, like, kids having bad taste buds. But another thing that kids tend not to have is very good filters. And so when they don't like something, typically it's pretty well known. And, I mean, you, your kids had no problem eating the goose steak and, like, you know, is right. it, it's good. I mean, it's good.
0: Right. And they'll even eat the pasrami, which is a little spicy for a kid, for most kids. But, you know, proud proud dad moment. My kid the other day, my wife was, you know, trying to get her dinner around. And she says, I only want to eat meat that daddy kills. It's like, that's right. <laughs> that's we didn't have any, you know, that night for her to eat, but I think she was just I don't know what she was trying not to eat. But uh, it's funny though. She obviously she eats other meat that that I cook as well, you know, whether it's on the smoker or other stuff that mom cooks or whatever. So it's uh but it was just a funny kind of thing for her to say and and as a hunter, you're like, Yeah, like <laughs> yeah so um anyways nice rabbit trail mm-hmm. um, but let's get a quick word from our partners actually we should say let's the mission of the podcast guys um is to entertain to educate we want to entertain you guys because duck hunting's fun entertain ourselves, just talking about duck hunting um but not only that we want to make sure that the next generation of duck hunters coming up um you know they they know the ropes. You have somebody show them the ropes. Gone are the days where it's just always going to be dad or grandpa showing the way. Um, I kind of came into this in a lot of ways mentorless, um, not because I didn't have a dad or a grandpa. It was just not um, Their My grandpa was up in age, and it wasn't something that was on the forefront of what my dad did all the time. So now we get to get get out together and hunt, and it's great. Uh, but i just think there's a, a a huge group of men that um are in the 20s and 30s and have a desire to hunt and are picking it up on their own um but if you don't know the ropes and i would say that a lot of hunters aren't always willing to to lend a hand um because it is competitive it's hard to keep spots it's hard you know it's it's hard to show someone a spot and 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 not want it to go you know um to get over hunted right so yeah, there's a lot of hurdles for sure, but we want to be a positive note in that kind of mentorship of, of new hunters as well. Um, and, you know, without conservation, the the sport that we love uh, won't continue on. So uh, let's get a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Guys, Onyx, um, it, it makes hunting so much easier. Um, we've all known the feeling where um, we want to figure out a spot, and we can't. We can't figure it out. We um, can't figure out who owns it. You know, you could be on on public land, see ducks falling somewhere or flying, dropping in somewhere, and you don't know if it's um, if it's public or private or not. But just in the palm of your hand, having that solution um, to be able to overcome those obstacles and have more, quicker, and better hunts, um, Onyx is the tool for you. So check them out over there, guys, at Onyx. Also like to give a big thanks to um, FA guys. FA sells; they are the one. St- Stop shop for the waterfowl hunter. They sell everything you can imagine that you'll need for duck hunter. Um, you know the feeling when you when you're looking at decoys and and they're uh, chipped up, scuffed up, and old. Uh, you know FA has some stunning new carvings of decoys they've been putting out over the last couple of years. Um, not only that, but they got waders, they got camo, they got blinds. So check them out. Um, go over to FABrand.com and use code gun. i um, also like to give a big thanks to Weatherby. Weatherby has long been known for their excellence in rifles. They've actually been making shotguns for over 50 years, but um, I'll say they're definitely known for their rifles, and I think now they're going to be known for their shotguns because over the last few years, they've been putting together some, some awesome waterfowl shotguns. Um, we ran them all week, the three of us, um, and three different models. Uh, not an issue or a cycling issue between between the three of us. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, that it speaks for itself, right? You know, uh, we hunted in snow and rain and muddy fields, uh, but they make a great shotgun. If you are in the market for a waterfowl shotgun, um, consider Weatherby for your next shotgun. Um, also, like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks. Motion Ducks makes the jerk rig on steroids. Um, They don't call it that. That's uh, the name that uh, me and Elliot kind of pinned for it. Uh, But it's, you know, it's a jerk rig, but much more. Puts together in minutes, uh, puts lifelike motion, puts ripple in your sets. Um, When it's late season um, and the birds are weary, when you got no wind, uh, Motion Ducks is the answer to that problem. So check them out over there, guys. Uh, MotionDucks.com slash DuckGunChronicles and use code DuckGun10. You'll get a free anchor bag by using that link. And then the 10% off by using the code. Um, all righty, let's go ahead and grab Nathan, and we'll be on to the main meat of the podcast. Alrighty, folks, we are back with Nathan Payne putting a hurting on the geese, <laughs> the Patreon hunt giveaway winner. Um, so we got to give you a little bit of context here. Um, we recorded the podcast. We recorded the podcast in person with Nathan while he was here. We actually recorded three and of the two or of the three, two of them had unfixable audio issues. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm 100% heartbroken about that, that we lost those episodes are really cool episodes, Um, but we're going to do our best to recreate the, the interview we did with you, Nathan. Um, It was a fun, it was a fun podcast, so it should be a fun podcast the second time around. Um, I don't know why it wouldn't be, but, um, yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. So, um, how you doing today, Nathan? Oh,
2: I'm doing good.
0: How about you guys? Doing, doing great. Glad to be here. And we got, we got Hunter uh, with us as well. The King of the Cans. <laughs> yep. Yep. Live and well. Oh yeah. So you won the hunt giveaway. Um, and you got to, got to come out here. Um, just, <laughs> I guess I'll just prefix. Um, we're through two hunts of, uh, of the weekend, we got four planned. Uh, we'll talk about the other two on on the next podcast episode um, as well. But we're through two days of the hunting, um, having a blast. But man, what what do you think when you get to, when you get the the call from me?
2: Oh, I was genuinely shocked. Like I, I was late to the live stream, but as soon as I got that call, I was like, "Oh my god, there's no way I won."
0: <laughs> Honestly, the I think the funniest story that came out of it. Um, is uh, what you told me. Your wife said when, when we, when I kind of gave you the lowdown of the plan. So, or we talked on the phone first, and you'd mentioned you don't kill a lot of geese, and you'd love to get on some big honker hunts. It worked out good with your your work schedule as well. Um, but you know, the whole plan was for you to come out to my place, stay in my basement, and um, yeah. your wife was like. <laughs> Uh, your wife said that she thought you were going to get murdered. You're just going to visit some random guy on, on YouTube and stay in his yeah, basement. Yeah, all the way
2: across the country. All the way
0: across the country, yeah. Uh, so I got a, a good chuckle out of that um, because I had similar people saying that you were going to murder me. So, <laughs> well, um,
2: as long as it went both ways, you know?
0: Right, right, yeah. yeah. So I, I just figured as long as I had Hunter there for backup, we could probably team up on you.
2: <laughs> yeah I, I think i'd give you guys a good fight though
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah yeah i'm not as young and spry as as you so i just hold on while Hunter gave you some sucker punches to the,
1: <laughs> to the jugular luckily enough I haven't had to go through that yet yeah
0: yeah luck, luckily we didn't have to do any of that although no. I, I feel like if we would have shot a goose band that hunter would have been the one in there scrapping for it oh oh <laughs> well, for he, sure be the
2: first one out the blind.
0: Sure. i think i would have dunked it, i would have dunked him in the water <laughs>
1: <laughs> you would have like elliated me or you would have tackled me over a pretty much band?
0: just dumped you over the edge of the boat while we're is still it, going
1: is that your thing now <laughs> Just dumping people for geese bands <laughs> right
0: right i mean if it comes down to it so uh hunter hunter go ahead and tell us a little bit about where you're from and who you are your age your hunting experience I think you meant to say oh, Nathan. Yeah. Oh, no, did I say Hunter? <laughs> I definitely meant to say Nathan. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, nah, it's all okay. good. I I knew what you meant. So I'm I'm from Reno, Nevada. I'm 21, and I've been hunting for about nine to 10 years now. Nice. And yeah, it's definitely definitely something I love to do, and a big passion of mine. Awesome.
0: Yeah, you fit you fit right in with me and Hunter. Um, it's just it's so cool. I you know, I say this all the time, but it's so cool um how hunters can come together. We don't know each other from Adam, we don't know each other from anybody else, but we have this one big passion in common and it's duck hunting. We can get together and we can um just talk about the different scenarios, the different sceneries, the different species we kill. Um, and we're just all passionate around around that one subject. And it's like right away we can be best buds. Or yeah. worse, enemies. And depending
2: on it. Once you on get
0: it. past the initial, go ahead, Nathan. Yeah.
2: I said once you get past like the initial awkwardness of meeting each other, I and mean, we fit in, you know, together real good.
0: Right. Right. And it's uh, it's kind of funny too. The other, you know, the uh, the other phrase you might say is like duck hunters that pass each other in like the grocery store. You know, you're gonna be, you know, oh man, you duck hunter Oh yeah, you can do that? <laughs> like where are you hunting? You may probably don't ask that question, but <laughs> as soon as you ask, as soon as you meet hunters at a boat ramp it's the it's a different story because everybody's like you know sizing up everybody looking at the boats you know figuring out who's going where and who can get to what spot and and it's just funny kind of the different dynamics stuck hunters can have but at the end of the day you know we're all on the same team regardless of on that one day it might be a little bit of friendly competition so yeah we fi- we got you up here man for some geese um, and you know, it, it, honestly, we had some pretty good success uh, on the first, um, uh, f- first few days. So you want to kind of, uh, tell us your experience hunting, hunting good old Indiana.
2: Yeah. Well, it's very different from that. I'm, I'm used to seeing sagebrush in the mountains and coming there, seeing cornfields and just trees everywhere. It was a big shock to me.
0: <laughs> right. Right. I mean, what's the what's the habitat generally like in Nevada?
2: Um, we it's, they pretty much classify as a high desert, so we got a bunch of like mountain ranges, and it's just sagebrushes, pretty much as far as you can see. Certain okay. mountain ranges you get you get into some pine trees, like some Douglas firs, but a lot of it's sagebrush.
0: So how many how many geese have you killed up to this point?
2: Uh, this year, I've killed six.
0: Nice. And that's a, that's a pretty high year. Did you say six? Is that what you said?
2: Yes. I said six and that's my best year so far. for you.
0: Nice. And that doesn't include Indiana hunts, right?
2: No, no, that was just Indiana. Okay.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, um, I, I was kind of excited about this cause we got a good variety over the first couple of days. Um, we got to get out there on a field hunt, um, set up a frames, cut cornfield, um, it used to be flooded earlier in the week. I think the water went down except for there was a little bit going through that waterway going through the field, but it was a, it was a foggy day, um, on day one. And, um, honestly that hurt us, I think, because we heard geese a lot of times, but we couldn't even, we couldn't even see them to flag them. We couldn't really see them to call. I mean, we could call obviously, but, um, you call, they couldn't even see, you You know, we'd have them, that sounded like passing close and we couldn't see them. So, um, that's kind of how foggy it was, but we did end up getting some geese. We ended up with nine on the day. Uh, so not like a banger by, um, any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, still a solid day, um, getting to shoot at a, a few volleys of, of geese coming in. So was that, was that your, uh, first time field hunting?
2: Um, it's my first time in like an ag field. I've hunted like a pasture before but that's like my first time in like an actual agricultural field, like corn
0: and that kind of stuff. So how, how does that compare to your experience hunting other uh, types of uh, scenery?
2: Um, Honestly, it was great. Like just different environments. I, I love experiencing new things.
0: For sure. Yeah, my, my kind of opinion on it is I, I feel like if I had to pick like one place to hunt for the rest of my life, I'd probably pick a wild place. And uh, an ag field doesn't necessarily necessarily have that wild feeling to it, you know what I mean? It's it's definitely cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we get we get those options to hunt those. We get that opportunity um, here and there, and, and we really do have some really successful banger hunts. I mean, you know, the thing about field hunting geese is a lot of times it's feast or famine. Um, on mm-hmm. on this day, we kind of had a middle of the row hunt. So, um, but you know, still it was still it's still a lot of fun. Um, and like you said, a variety to what um you normally do a a a uniqueness um to that so i was was glad we got to do that um but not only that i was glad that we found some birds on the river so we jumped to day two of the hunt and kind of spoilers for the whole um trip I, i feel like this was one of my my favorite days um of of the trip what was your kind of take on it
2: no, I, I totally agree. There there's just something special about like being on the river for us that day, sitting next to a tree and shooting geese that close. It was honestly it's a hunt I'll never forget.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely awesome. I i yeah, I'm the same way. That was such a cool hunt. Um what do you think about it,
1: Hunter? Oh, it was awesome. I mean we were sitting we were sitting in like, I don't know what to call it, flash flooded timber. I mean, it was it was green timber that was flooded and we were standing on the edge of it. And like knee waist deep water and then shooting geese onto like a, it was kind of like a marshy area is what it kind of seemed like that was flooded up. And it was kind of cool because they were working around the corner, like the point that we were standing on. And then they had to like fly around the point into the decoys and we could get them right on that, right on that close point. And it was, it was an awesome, awesome to watch them come in and awesome to watch them like work that close. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, yeah, it was
1: super cool. I mean,
0: Um, Just standing against trees, like how often do you stand against trees and use that as your hide to kill geese? Like, you know, almost never. Um, We did get a bunch of rain, and um, the rivers had froze up, and we got like 12 inches of snow, and all that kind of came together at once to make really high river levels. Um, And so that kind of led to that opportunity. I mean, we could literally um, take the boat and hide it in the trees. Um, <laughs> which was, which was, you know, just kind of, uh, even unique for me being in this area. And I have a hunted in that with the water levels high. Yeah. But not that high and not, you know, with that exact scenario. So, uh, it's so like I said, we had a lot of birds, um, work us and we really, we were pretty selective on that day. I think we could have, if not doubled, come close to it. If we got a, a little bit, uh, added a little more rains to our are shooting but you know the ones that did it right i mean they were 100 percent coming in like reckless abandon right into the decoys and we had some really close and any birds that got in that close um we did a really good job of capitalizing on it i don't know if uh, a single bird that came in real close got out so yeah that was that was that was a fun one um so yeah. definitely some variety hunting Timber <laughs> for geese, <laughs> if you want to call it that. I definitely will on the YouTube thumbnail. Um and then and then uh getting that field hunt on day two.
1: Yeah, the other so, thing with the the day two hunt and that uh then the timber was that we that was actually the second place we set up that morning and we'd like started to set up and we set the decoys up, but we hadn't set hides up yet, and we saw geese go into a different spot. They like circled over top of us and went into a different spot, like what was it, like two hundred yards away, two hundred and fifty yards away. And we're like, nope, that's where we're going. Like, we made the adjustment right away. And, you know, it it goes time and time again about when you see birds do something, you you need to make adjustments. And we made the adjustment right away. And I don't think we would have shot any if we would have stayed where we were at. So, Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's hard to know if we would have shot any or not. Um, You know, I've had success there at the other spot that we started with. And that was kind of my go-to. But there's just something about when you see birds finish, like that's what they want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So like why, why fight them? Why try to pull them off? Why try to traffic them? Um, You know, I think we would have shot some, there was a lot of, there's at that time, there's a lot of birds in the area, but I don't think we would have been having them commit the way they wanted to. Cause clearly that's probably, I mean, I I clearly, probably, (laughs) I I would assume that that's
1: where they were the day before the way some of those worked in there. Mm -hmm. So The other interesting thing about the hunt that I don't think we like touched on was the fact that where you started the day standing up was actually, we're on top of a bog, right? We had this huge argument about whether or not we're on top (laughs) of a bog, but we're on top of a bog, but there was an ice shelf that had froze on top of the bog and we were like standing and one part of it on top of the ice shelf on top of the bog. And so like, if you stood there for too long, you'd like slide towards the water. And then we found a spot with actual like dirt that you could hold on to. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The water levels were doing some weird things with the ice and everything. It's like, um, when that ice shelf broke too, under the water, um, it leaned towards the water. So you would just stand there in knee deep water and then start sliding and there's nothing you could do to stop it. Um, slide all the way to the edge of where the water mark normally was. So, yeah, yeah. But kind of, kind of jumping back to, you know, the beginning of the hunt, um, it's like, it's like you said, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of times it's about making those, those changes, making those, um, split decision changes. And this kind of goes for you, uh, a lot of you new hunters, you know, if, if you get set up, like, don't be afraid to do the work and S sw- and switch it up. Um, it was early enough in the hunt where it made sense, but it was borderline because we definitely missed out on a couple of flocks while we we're setting up, but then we got set up and they were still working all morning. So um and it wasn't like we just were like at the spot sitting there. We'd already dropped three dozen decoys in the water and had to spend twenty minutes picking those up. Uh t- you know, maybe another ten minutes. I-, I don't know if that's a bad estimation, but I would assume at least thirty minutes plus switching setups. Um and, and it was worth it at the end for sure. So um Nathan, you ready for yeah. the you ready for the difficult questions?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're not instilling confidence with uh, that quick <laughs> yes, but um, what is your favorite podcast?
2: My favorite podcast, it has to be the Gun Podcast.
0: Man, who'd have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got any, uh, you got any? What other podcast do you listen to?
2: Um, so the other one I listen to is the uh, North American Waterfowler, which is Elliot. And then the MVM show, which is Titus from mid, mid Valley Mercenaries.
0: Nice. Yep. But
2: I usually just cycle between those three whenever you guys release. It's just I'm right on there.
0: Right. Those are some good choices for sure. I can uh, I can condone those. They're <laughs> definitely solid waterfowl choices for for podcasts. Um, and conveniently enough, they all have uh, YouTube channels. What's your uh, What's your favorite uh, YouTube channel for duck hunting content?
2: Um, it's probably a tie between, uh, the duck gun chronicles and Matt from high praise.
0: <laughs> now that's something I can't condone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the duck gun chronicles. That's kind of funny, but, uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what do you enjoy so much about, uh, uh, high Prairie sportsman?
2: I think it's just that style of hunting. Like that's truly what I want to do. It, now granted you can't do it everywhere like like you can but like to me that's like the embodiment of duck hunting is small water close shot that kind of situation
1: right right by, by yourself with no one around using little tiny guns
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> would you say Nevada is better or worse of a waterfowl state than
1: um, Nebraska
2: oh definitely worse <laughs> Definitely <I> mean, worse. <laughs>
1: but you can shoot seven drake wood ducks
2: yes i can but i have, you gotta have a pretty special spot to do it
0: has that been confirmed because you told us that you thought potentially you never see wood ducks i just don't want it like somebody to go shoot wood ducks without this being looked up um nevada so, wood so duck I,
2: I i looked at it and there there is no special limit on wood ducks. oh wow here, at least in nevada
0: hmm Interesting. All right, so if you get a ticket spot. you uh you can blame Nathan. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I just it just seems unbelievable you can shoot seven wood ducks. You can also shoot seven drakes in anywhere in the or, Yeah,
2: seven drake mallards.
0: Yeah, seven uh, that's what I meant to say. Seven mallards, five drakes, two hens. Um or, you know, or seven drakes obviously, but um it just yeah, it seems mind-boggling when uh we we have four mallards and three wood ducks over here and you can only shoot <laughs> six so you got to you know bet- pick between your limits
1: there um which mm-hmm. is
0: a tough choice i'd probably go three mallards and three wood ducks what about you hunter
1: i mm-hmm. mean <laughs> i'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you i'm probably going to shoot whatever comes in first on that deal yeah yeah you probably shoot two
0: mallard hens three <laughs> wood sure. duck hens to <laughs> start <laughs> yep yep and then whatever and a pintail hen <laughs> All hands, Suzy Killer. <laughs> no, not really. We all we like our drinks. They look better on the strap for sure. But mm-hmm. I'm probably with you. I'd shoot whatever comes in first. I think all that kind of arguments, opportunity based for sure. But now that I gave uh, you know, a couple uh, pats on my back by asking you the meatball questions about your favorite <laughs> uh podcast and, and YouTube channel, which I do appreciate you giving me at least the tie, which yes, I, you're which. Welcome. Which, uh, you know, if, if we weren't here live, would your answer still be the same?
2: Yes, honestly, it would. Okay.
0: Okay. That's good. Um, who is your favorite co host ever of the Duck Gun podcast?
2: Um, I think just the longevity of it and like the, what lasted for so long that it has to be Elliot.
0: Oh, man. I was hoping, uh, you know, I hope I was hoping you're going to change your answer from the last time, <laughs> <laughs> but you've held true both times and said Elliot. We definitely gave you a little bit of crap because Hunter was here in person, obviously. But you know, Elliot's a good buddy, um, long time, probably lifelong friend at this point. So, um, and yeah, he was a great he was a great co host for many years on the Duck Gun Podcast. Now he's doing his own thing over there. Couldn't be happier for him. Uh, couldn't think more highly of. Most of what he's doing on that podcast, but, uh, yeah, he's got He's got a great product over there. Um, so I'll give him a little plug. Uh,
1: the North American waterfowler podcast by yours, truly Elliot Snyder. So
0: Check it out. Check that out as well. So,
1: so what you're um, saying with the longevity though, if I'm on here for 250 episodes, your opinion might change. <laughs>
0: that it might.
2: And also, you know, meeting you in person, that that kind of gives you a little
1: boost. Oh, okay. Kinda,
0: Kind of gives you a little boost. So, like, you must be pretty low on there, then, if he he even met you in person (laughs) and you didn't pass him up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: yeah. I'm surprised I didn't go down down after meeting me in person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say, so, obviously, this podcast, we had to record it afterwards. But hunting with you, Hunter, and then hunting without you this weekend, man, I was back to, like. Getting in the boat, retrieving my birds, like <laughs> having to load everything up.
1: Man. Man, it was it was nice having you around. I'm not going to lie. Not, not used to just turning around and stuff's done. Right.
0: I mean, usually I'm the guy that has to do it, you know, do it. I'm doing it at all. And yeah. like, but you're just like the volunteer. So. <laughs> the volunteer. Great. Another nickname. <laughs> <laughs> the, the volunteer. I'm like about, I'm like, un, I'm like getting out of the blind. And you're like, I'll do it. And like, sure. I mean, go have at it. And it's like, you know, it's like I'm about to, like, load something. No, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, a, I was a, it was a rude awakening having to having, trudge around, like, walking through the river, hiding the boat. Like, I think you hit the boat every time we hunted, too. I think so, so yeah. Yeah. Except for, I guess, you didn't. We hit it together on the last hunt.
1: Uh, um, yeah, but I went back and got it by myself. That's true. You
0: did. Yeah. Like, yep. I'm literally getting ready to, and you're just like, I'll go get it. And I'm just like, sh- I mean, sure. Well,
1: you got to remember, well, we don't need to get into it here, but I was freezing. So I was ready I was gonna to do say, anything yeah. Any- to be warm.
0: <laughs> anytime you can walk, you get warm. That's for sure. Yeah. That's true.
1: That's I mean, that's another thing with, like, on the hunt that we just were talking about, the second day hunt, why it was like I was going to get in the birds and stuff is because I was... I was wearing very wet waders and I was very cold. And so anytime oh, something yeah. happened, I was like so ready to go out and like move around and everything.
0: That's true. We didn't talk about that on day two of the hunt. You, uh, your waders, you have two pairs of waders mm-hmm. and one of them leaks. So like one of
1: them are like for shoveling snow and one of them's <laughs> for hunting. Well, it turns out that both the pairs of waders I brought leaked. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you that on the way back, but yeah, everything leaks. They both. Oh, they both leak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything so, leaks.
0: So you need to get some FA Branta uh, waders. For that, sure. That's solve it right there.
1: That's that's a solid sure. plug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, you're freezing. You're in wet waders, and that's never fun.
1: Held out um, for as long as I could. We could have shot more birds if I wasn't like absolutely freezing.
0: Potentially. Yeah, we did talk about it. Um I was ready to stay all day, but um Nathan was shivering. And you were so cold, you weren't shivering.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was past it. I really was.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got back and you got in the shower to warm yourself up.
1: Yeah. Kind of cold. Yeah. Which is pretty cold.
0: And I'm in there with my, I mean, I'm wearing like double thermal socks. I got the insulated waders. Neither one of you guys did. Um, But it does really get cold when you stand in. Like knee deep water. Mm-hmm. And, but I was, I was, I was cold, but like not like quit hunting cold. Nathan, you're not used to that kind of weather for, for as cold as it was, I don't think. And no, then, I, what
2: got me the most was just standing in the water.
0: Right. Right. It's just like a, a constant conduit of like temperature uh, change. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> we got that cold temperature. The water's flowing a little bit. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely going to get you cold for sure.
1: Anyways, to come back um, on track, what's the next difficult question for Nathan here?
0: The next, the next difficult question is: Do you know the origin of the duck gun podcast? Yes, yeah, it's to, to
2: tell the stories of your grand, your grandpa's gun.
0: Right. Yeah, that's how that's how it started. Yeah. grandpa's gun got passed down and continue. If the, if a duck had a mouth, a duck, if a duck <laughs> gun had a mouth, the stories it could tell. And I, I, you know, I would do anything to go back and hear the stories of my grandpa. Um and the and the stories that gun could tell of the adventures he was on so that's kind of what you know the whole origin uh, of it is so um, that's one thing we're trying to you know make sure we're we're uh, staying in tune with this year but also do you remember we've been talking more and more on the podcast about the mission of the Duck Gun Podcast yes
2: yeah, it's to educate entertain and to promote conservation right
0: man he's just fly he's passing with
1: flying colors here it's like he's been here before. It's like, he's been, he might, yeah. did he get these wrong the first time around? I don't think so. I think you got all these right. Okay.
0: All right. Good. You know, in my notes here, Hunter, I have that you had a question. That's, that's all
1: my thing says for the next question. It says Hunter's question. Hunter's question. And it's been a
0: week. So you probably don't remember.
1: Uh, no, but I, I mean, I, I do have one.
0: Okay. Go for it.
1: Do you remember Nathan, how you found like the duck gun podcast or duck gun chronicles or what you found first?
2: Um, so the first channel that I found was Outdoor Limit, which is Josh's channel. And then once you guys did that uh, the flyways like collaboration, that's really when I found like everybody.
0: Awesome. Yeah, maybe there should be another collaboration in the future. People used to ask that a lot after we did it for a couple of years. Um, but we ended up not doing it just because it's so it's so hard to carve out a weekend or an extended weekend where we can get, like, six guys together, five guys. I can't remember how many guys are in the FlyWords Collective, but um, it'd take too long to count. (laughs) Uh, But all that being said, it was really hard. And I was always doing the planning, like, trying to get it together. And, like, everybody's like, well, this weekend's an opener, or this week's an opener in another state, or, well, we have this trip planned, or, you know, and so it's like everybody, and we try to, like, plan out all year long and the last one got canceled because i had a surgery and once i was out it was like dominoes and pretty soon it was like three people were still going and they are saying, well why are we doing this and and so maybe someday maybe someday in the future we can get the flyways back together um the yeah, the numberless <laughs> number <laughs> group of guys uh together and, and do another another collab so um if you could change one thing about the podcast or the channel, what would you what would you change?
2: Uh I don't know. That one that one's a hard one. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's just like um the consistency of it. Like sometimes there's some gaps, but besides that, I think it's perfect the way it is.
0: Right. Definitely. <laughs> yep. We can work on the consistency. We got plans um for for the podcast, I think the YouTube channel will probably stick that way with off-season. Yeah. It just tends to get, you know, people just aren't, aren't watching as much. So I kind of save my time and energy for, um, I call it my August push. Put out a bunch of videos in August, and then we get straight into uh, the hunting um, for teal and early-season geese, which is a, a fun time of the year. But this year on the podcast, man, we got lots of plans. Um, I will say we had another podcast episode, a new series— That uh, I think I'm not going to mention, but um, it was competition and Nathan, you won. So people will know in the future what it was, but I don't want to spoil it until it actually comes out. And I don't have that episode recorded yet. So um, we were super, super bummed, man. Unbelievably bummed that that episode got ruined from the audio issues issues. Um, Yeah, I feel like amateur mistake mistake. I should have caught it. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm torn up about it for sure that we, we lost that episode, but we will, we will make, uh, another one in the future. So we do have two more days left of the, of the hunt. Um, we already know how it went, but you guys don't. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll leave all that to mystery. And the next episode here we have with Hunter, but I do kind of want to close it out and say, man, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you, Nathan and Hunter getting you to come up. Uh, the new co-host of the podcast and um, get you guys to to come up and, and hang out and have a great time hunting. You know, I'll reiterate what we said, but just different people, different walks of life coming together. We have one passion, one pursuit and this waterfowl and we can have common ground in that regardless of, uh, of everything else, you know, and um, that's just really cool and and really fun to see. So um,
1: you got any closing words, Nathan?
2: No, I think that
1: was, that was great. Awesome. You got any closing words, Hunter? No, not that other than Nathan's typical agreeable and short and very uh, man of many <laughs> words.
0: <laughs> righty folks. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Hunter from Duck Gun Podcast, and Nathan from Nevada. And we'll see you guys on the next one.